Hey, it's Chris. And Kylie. We're just a couple of jerks who need help following Jesus. Our podcast is all about humility. And finding direction and purpose. Especially when life gets hard or things don't turn out like we thought they would. Welcome to Following Jesus for Jerks. And we were walking on our way to breakfast. And that the thought just kind of came to me. I'm like, okay, there's there's something to it. And it's it's funny, like when you <clears throat> in the basement of the hospital, the naval hospital at Camp Pendleton, if you walk down the hallway in the basement, if you turn left, you go to the cafeteria. If you turn right, you walk into like their little church uh, setup that they that they've got. And uh, I remember going to breakfast, and instead of going left, I just went right. Mm and walked into this little room that they had set up and I got down on my knees and prayed and I didn't even really know what to to pray. I was just mm. like, Jesus help me, you know, like I don't, I don't know what or how or why, but I need help. And it seems like you're helping all these other people. Maybe you can help me. Wow. And then I went to breakfast and it's all been amazing. <clears throat> and, and I've been perfect ever since. since. Yeah, the, the Holy Spirit came and I've been uh I've been perfect yeah. and obedient uh every step of the way ever since, yeah. Man. Um no, so then so then I get out of rehab. You know, I I get out and I am scared because now I've got to go like live this life in the real world not in this sort of sanitary confined environment where I don't have access to anything else. Yeah. Yeah. And I walk out the door and the thought just hits me. It's like, Oh, John, you're such a cliche. Of course you would come to Jesus in rehab. But there's no, at, there's no atheists in foxholes. Cause yeah. yeah. Right. Like, like, of course you're going to, you know, come when you're struggling or whatever. It's like, what a cliche. And I spent probably the next three years, um, the way I like to put it is like, I had to convince my mind that what my heart had done was okay. Like that, that was a legitimate Mm -hmm. thing that it wasn't just like I had been emotionally manipulated to come to faith in Christ. Right. And so that journey was, was, I must've gotten saved like five times in the next six months, you know, I'm like responding to every altar call. Cause it was, you know, it's hard. Like, you know, I just expected like the problem to just disappear and go away, but it didn't. And so like, and I, and I hear about these like sort of miraculous stories from people. It's like, Oh, you know, I was an alcoholic or, you know, I was in jail for, you know, dealing Coke and whatever. And then I gave my life to Christ and I've never, you know, desired a drop ever since. And, and I'm like, God, why, why can't I have that mm. testimony? Like, what is, what is that about? Why am I still struggling, um, with this? And so of course I would, I would fall and then I would doubt my salvation. It's like, okay, well, I'm not saved. I was like, it didn't take, right? Like I got to try it again. And then I'd respond to the altar call. I'd go down, like they'd pray for me, whatever. I'm like, yes. Okay. This time I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then I wouldn't. And I'm like, okay, I'm not really saved. It didn't work. I tried again, right? I do this again. And, um, over and over and over again, you know, and it took a while for, you know, just, just to calm down yeah, and to realize that like, look, just because you're struggling, just because you're failing doesn't mean it doesn't work, <laughs> right? That like the the work is not mine. 
the work is Jesus, right? It's Christ's work that does all the effort, you know, and my, my trying was making it worse because <laughs> mm. I wasn't surrendering, right? I, I, like the, this whole idea of, oh, all you got to do is just raise your hand and, you know, this easy believism, like, oh yeah, you know, so do you want to go to heaven or you want to go to hell, kid? Like, I don't want to go to heaven. Cool. All right. We'll sign your name here for Jesus. And then, all right, all right off Say this you prayer go. and you're set. Yeah. Now just go live your life however you want. doesn't really matter. You know, that, that what I had known about Jesus up to that point was that it was just, okay, well, he died for my, my sin. So send all you want because it's covered, right? Like I got like this unlimited credit card. I can just go spend whatever I want, you know, and it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, and so that, that probably three to five year time period was one, a lot of apologetics, just like, okay, is this even legit? Like, like literally I didn't even believe like Jesus was a real person. Right. Like, like I thought it was like mythology. Like I didn't mm. even realize that he was a real historical person who actually lived on earth. So like that had to become a realization. And then, you know, okay, this Bible thing, what is this about? Like, right. why, why do we have all these different denominations? Why does we have all these different verses, you know, versions of the Bible and what's that all about? And just kind of just doing some study and realizing, okay, these are historical documents that were just kind of pulled together into a compilation of the that we call the Bible. And the, the, the idea, so, so the idea that really kind of got me and made me stop wondering if it was okay to believe Mm. was the resurrection of Christ. And it was learning the history of the gospels and what happened to the apostles because like, once I realized like these were like eyewitness testimonies, yeah. <laughs> right? Right. Like, these were, were these were the guys who were there who saw everything, and so if if anybody like like, like anybody <clears throat> is willing to die for something they think is real, but these were the only guys who would have known yeah. if it was real. <laughs> so the the fact that all of them died. Christ or were boiled alive and exiled, <laughs> you know, John, um, not a single one of them said, Oh, just kidding. Right. We just made it up. Right. <laughs> right. So like, you would have thought like at least one of the 12 would have been like, yeah, no, we were in that upper room afterwards. And yeah, we just decided yeah. to, to, to make up this whole story. Um, that to me sold me on it. It's like, okay, those guys, somebody would have said, Right, that, that that this was made we, up. We just we just started studying here the book of James and the same thing. Half brother of Jesus, like, had to have hinged on the resurrection. He thought he was crazy until right. Like, oh wait, he he was dead for three days and then he came back to that, life. That's right. what I was just yeah. I was just about to say that, that like it, this was this topic was such a big deal two thousand years ago, mm-hmm. right? It was it was for for many the only reason they believed. Right, and here we are. How many? How many thousands of years later? Two. You just said. Thank that. you. Two thousand. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> still, still believing because of his resurrection. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I think your prayer 
John is, I didn't know what to pray. You know, I didn't, the, we're so worried about the words, but man, right. I, I wrote it down. Like, Jesus help me. Yeah. Like yeah. Jesus help me. Like that, <laughs> that should be a recurring theme and no, that's it's like a daily prayer like, yeah like right. a, a minute by minute isaiah psalms uh, even new testament right god is he 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 hears the brokenhearted he's close to the brokenhearted the prideful he's far from but if you're needy and brokenhearted and humble and and put yourself in a position of god i need help yeah he is he answers and I, I don't, I don't need all your fancy words. I don't need all your, yeah. yeah. Well, and the, and the words, the words aren't even really the point. It's right. like the words are just expressing what's already happened yeah. in your heart and your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That I, that I believe this. Um, but then like at a certain point you have to like believe in the right Jesus. Right. Like at a certain point, theology does matter. Yeah. Right. Like, like, so that was that was what I had to learn later. Like at first I'm just like, I just need Jesus. Like just, just help. And then once you start going, well, what does it mean to follow him? Who exactly am I following? Like what church should I go to? What, you know, what what should I do? You know, all of those sorts of questions, you know, that, that sort of comes later. But if you end up following the wrong Jesus, (laughs) right. It's, it's going to be a a whole nother set of problems. But yeah, second Peter one was really, really helpful. Peter one 16 says for, we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty, right? It's like, okay, these guys are eyewitnesses. These guys knew what was happening. And so once, once that clicked in my mind that, okay, these guys really believed it and they would have known if it was made up, then that means Jesus really did rise from the dead. And if he really did rise from the dead, nothing else matters. Yeah. Like if wow. he says, believe the Bible, I believe the Bible, right? Like I'm with the guy who came back to life and predicted he was going to come back to life. Right. <laughs> right. Like I'm, I'm with that guy. So that was, that's always been sort of the rock that has been the foundation of my faith is realizing, okay, this really happened mm. there's and then of course there's there's been so much research done on this I mean nt Wright's book on the resurrection of christ you know it's like an encyclopedia just going through every single argument against it and just like nope this doesn't hold water like this really was an event in history that really occurred and this this nobody guy in the middle of a nobody country mm. you know changed the world to the point where like we set our dates to it mm. you know it's, it's you know that that doesn't happen unless something yeah. happened um, there. So the the story of my life since has just been, how do I know Jesus more? How do I know Jesus more? And this last couple of years, it's been, well, shoot, I sure know a lot about Jesus, but do I really know Jesus? Hmm. Yeah. Cause you can know a lot about something. Sure. Doesn't mean you know it. Like I remember like uh um, the movie Goodwill Hunting with Matt Damon and Robin Williams, you know, years ago came out. And, um, and I remember that scene where Robin Williams talking to Matt Damon. He's like, yeah, like if I ask you about the Sistine Chapel, like you could tell me all about the artwork and all this kind of stuff, but you can't tell me what it smells like because you've never been there. <laughs> right. And I'm like, that, sometimes that's how I feel like with Jesus. It's like, Jesus, I know a lot about you, but do I really know you? Right, because he says like if you if you know me if you love me, you'll obey my commands. 
right? And so now when I, I still struggle with my atheist past and this is, and so now when I, like, when I fail, I still like the, the thought still comes into my mind. It's like, see, this isn't real. Mm. If it were real, you'd never would do that. And so it's a constant preaching the gospel to myself every day. It's like, no, God loves me. Jesus came and died for me. Like he chose the cross for me. His worth is infinite. So his sacrifice was of infinite value. So it covers an infinite amount of sin. It doesn't matter how much you fail. He's got you. Mm. It's covered. And so as long as I keep coming back, (laughs) right, it's like no no matter how far I feel like I've slidden, how far I've walked away or whatever, he never lets me go. Yeah. You said something that I I think is important. A lot of what you said is important, but in particular, I know most, it seems, most Christians have a problem admitting I struggle with how valid I think this is. Yeah. Right. Because we, because it's, it's so sac. I mean, of course it's so sacrilegious to think like that. Right. Right. No, I don't have any doubts. No, I know who God is. I know where I'm headed. Uh, I know this is real. Yeah. And they don't, uh, they don't give any voice to that. Well, well, let's, let's be honest. Right. I mean, like if we're going to be legit, real, like let's just pull back the mass and not fake it with people. Which is what we're trying to be all about. Shouldn't it be better than what it is? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, shouldn't the experience of the Holy Spirit be more mm. than what we actually experience? I, at least, at least for me, you know. And so, so when I when I feel that, I I feel like okay, I'm doing something wrong. Like, there's nothing wrong with God, right? <laughs> right? He didn't mess up. So, what am I missing? What am I not getting? And Honestly, I I feel like for me, it's still the obedience part. Like I still struggle to be obedient. And when I am in those seasons where I'm being obedient and I'm in the word and I'm praying and I'm seeking after me, he says like, like, if you seek after me, you will find me. Right. But so many times I'm just too busy living my life, doing my own thing, pursuing my own goals, not even paying attention to him. It's not him who moved away. It was me yeah. mm-hmm. who moved away. But, but I, I, I always wonder, it's like, okay, well the, this Holy spirit, like it, the experience of my life is not what we see in acts. Not that that's supposed to be prescriptive. You know, that, that, that's supposed to be like, that's what it's supposed to be, but that was their experience. And if, and if it really is, if like, if the, if the thing that Jesus said, it's better for you that I go. Yeah. Cause the Holy spirit's going to come and he's going to live in me. Like if I, I have God inside of me, the power that raised Christ from the dead is inside of me. And this is all I get. Like, like my life is what I get. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> like, should, shouldn't it be more? Shouldn't it be better? And so th- those are my doubts. Like that's, that's where I struggle. It's like, okay, is the experience what I think it should be? And that's a problem because again, I'm defining it by my own parameters sure, as sure. opposed to just going to the word and right. saying, look, 
This is what God. truth is. The, the truth yeah. is what you say, God, not what I feel or what I think. And um, just con- consistently like preaching the truth to myself, telling myself the truth over and over and over again, preaching the gospel to myself over and over and over again, and realizing, you know, there's an enemy. If as real as Jesus is, the Satan is just as real. Mm. And he comes to seek and kill and destroy. And he wants nothing more than to make me doubt because if it, you know, I mean, and if you've read the screw tape letters, C.S. Lewis, yeah. it's just a brilliant, uh, you know, story. Uh, but he's just like, you don't have to like make him not a Christian. You just have to make him an ineffective one, <laughs> right? Like just, just make him just be, be just sort of blase and not really fighting the battle. That's good enough. Mm-hmm. You know, keep him on the sidelines, um, but not realizing like, like we are in a spiritual warfare, right? Like this, you know, the, the modern mind just doesn't even want to, use those types of analogies. It just seems so archaic and like, Oh no, peace and love and whatever, and be a pacifist and this sort of stuff. It's like, yeah, no, I get it. Like I don't want to hurt somebody in real life. I want to love those people, but I want to punch Satan in the mouth. Right? Like I mean, does Jesus even say the, the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing and the violent lay take hold it. of it. Right, right. Like, so, so the Bible is full of all the sort of like warfare, you know, take up, uh, you know, your, uh, it was, you know, Paul talking about the armor of God, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Taking every thought captive. Yeah, take every thought captive and like all, all these sorts of things. And it's like, okay, why do we have to fight? And it's like, it's, we're fighting. And if we're not fighting, we're losing, you know, because again, when I, when I'm doubting, when I'm not being obedient, when I'm just living life by my own terms, you know, pursuing my own goals and not even thinking about Jesus or whatever, that's all Satan wants. He he doesn't care if I'm an atheist. He just cares that I'm not following Jesus. He's like, that's good enough because if you're following Jesus, then you're hurting me. You're advancing the kingdom of God (laughs) and you're, you know, you know, you're, you're preventing me from killing other people and destroying other people's lives. You know, and I'm married and I got four kids and he, he doesn't want me to tell my kids about Jesus he doesn't want me to be, pray with my wife and, you know, help my wife and her struggles and stuff. And, you know, he, he doesn't want that. So he's like, if I can keep you just inside your own mind, mm-hmm. wrapped up in your own feelings, worried about your own salvation, you know, whatever, you're not, then you're not worried about other people's salvation. You're not out there, you know, preaching the word. You're not out there talking to people. You're not even doing it because you're so worried about, well, I'm not sure if it's real or whatever. And I know it's real. I, I like again. I have to. I have to look at my past and say, okay, well, where am I now compared to where I was? Yeah, right. I'm. I'm in so much farther along than I would have been. Like that. That progress of that, pr- you know, progressive sanctification. You know, it, it wasn't an overnight. Yeah. I'm free right. kind of thing, but the battle is where I think God is. That's what God is using to sanctify me and make me more like Christ and to keep me humble and to, you know, help me see other people as he sees them, that we all struggle. We all have something broken inside of us. And how do I show the love of Christ, share the love of Christ in that, through that, despite that, 
with other people. I, I have the same, very similar thoughts of like wanting to experience more of the power of the Holy Spirit. And I, I think one of the things probably culturally is we're distracted by so many other things. Like we can look at it, at scripture and go, Oh, they were experiencing this, but like their entire, they, they didn't have all the distractions yeah. that we have now. And even, I mean, the hope that, that I continue to, to reflect on is we look at scripture and we see the same, we see, we see similar patterns to what we have now. Like even Peter, you know, Paul confronting Peter on, you know, who he was eating with and, yeah. and all that, like all these distractions of, like you said, our default, our past, which is what Peter was doing and what's in front of me right now, instead of like total focus on Jesus and the gospel. Well, I, I remember you in particular, Kylie, here in this in this house, right? Was it the it was the it was the very end of 2020? You standing up in front of our congregation and just saying like, "Hey, guys," I think it was 20, maybe it was 2019. I don't know. It was sometime recently. <laughs> you stood up and and you said, "Guys, I'm reading through Acts." Why, why, why aren't we experiencing anything near this? Same, similar to what John said. Like our, our lives don't look like this. And you invited us all as a church. Just, hey, we're gonna go. I, like we're going on this journey. I want us all to go along. I don't know what it's supposed to look like, except for by what I read. I don't know how we're gonna get there. I know we need the Holy Spirit's help, and we're gonna dive into it. And then we spent what nine months in the Book of Acts, just each week, the second saying, hey, how do we make our lives? How do we let God make our lives look like this? Right. By getting ourselves out of the way. Yeah. Focusing on him and yeah. rejecting the enemy, rejecting the flesh and surrendering, I mean, everything that you've just shared. Well, well again, like this, the, this idea of easy believism, the yeah. sort of per, perverse and the pervasive, not perverse, pervasive. No, it's in, perverse. It's both. Yeah, but per, pervasive. <laughs> I can say that because that, that's what I bought into for so right. long. Personally. Well, the, 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 this whole like seeker sensitive yeah. movement in this sense, so that's what I, you know, kind of, kind of you know, when I, when I got saved, the sort of movement that I got kind of swept up in, um, and it makes it sound so simple, but the reality is what, you know, Dietrich Bonhoeffer said is so true. He's like, when, when Jesus calls you, he calls you to come and die. Yeah. Right. He's not asking you to come and just ask for the goodies. <laughs> He's asking you to say, you are worth more than everything. And what I want, God, is I, I don't want, you know, it's, do, do you want the gifts or do you want the giver, mm-hmm. right? Like what I want, Jesus, is you, right? I want to know you. And it doesn't matter if you give me the gifts or not. I want to know you. Yeah. And to know you means I have to die to myself. I have to kill my flesh every day. And if I do that, then I'm really following you. <laughs> and if I'm not, then I'm just, I'm, I'm just, like you said, distracted yeah. by all these other things because I'm, I'm, I'm too busy trying to feel good. And I think a lot of people in the church today and in this sort of easy believism movement, um, they, they want the gifts, but they don't want the giver. You know, a lot of the, the charismatic movement, the thing I have a problem with there is they, again, they're, they're so busy 
hopping around from church to church, looking for this experiential yeah, yeah. kind of thing because I want to feel good. It's, it's no different than an addict looking for a hit. Yeah. You know, it's like, I just need to well, feel well good. Mm-hmm. And if I get, if I get that feel good, then all right, successful. So if I go to church and I walk out, I'm like, well, I didn't really get much out of it today. So, well, you missed the whole point. Yeah. Like the whole point of church is not for you to get anything. It's for you to give. Like I'm coming to church to give myself to Christ. And the whole worship experience is about me surrendering, dying, giving myself to him and just letting him know how amazing and wonderful and worthy he is. Yeah. And if I go in there saying, Jesus, give me, give me, I miss the whole point. Give me my preference. Right. 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 And if I, I, like if I don't, don't like the I, song, I didn't, I didn't like the song. <laughs> the coffee wasn't so good. They use French vanilla creamer, <laughs> you know, whatever. I'm, I'm just not into it. And, and this has been hard for me the, the last couple of years because we were heavily involved in a church here locally. I was on the board, small group leader, worship team, um, you know, preaching, you know, six times a year, uh, you know, for, you know, 13 years this church and, you know, through different circumstances we got, God pulled us out of that. And I still, still don't know why, like I'm still sitting here today. Like, I don't know why we're not there. Um, and it's, it's been a couple of years. It has been, right? like, this yeah. happened like right before COVID. Yeah. And we started like looking for a new church and then COVID hit. <laughs> and so we're like two years into this process. We still don't really have a church home. That's what I would call it. I, I like we've got a handful of churches that we've visited that were like, okay, they're okay. But I hate this like nitpicky, like I'm church shopping. Mm-hmm. So I'm going and, and I, you know, I, I'm, I'm asking those sorts of questions. Well, well, tell me about the children's ministry and what's the experience like for my kids? And do you have enough activities? You know, this sort of stuff. But the reality is all I want is a church that go, you know, when I go there, they're actually a church. The church I was in before was acting more like a mission field than a church. It was like, bring, go, go get the people and bring them here and we'll preach the gospel to them here. When in reality, a church is supposed to be, I've been out preaching the gospel all week and I'm beaten up and, and, you know, feeling down and I'm supposed to come to church and get lifted up and reminded and encouraged and loved and supported so I can go back out to the mission field. Right. So when I come to church, I want you to preach Jesus to me, right? Preach the gospel to me when I'm not preaching the gospel to myself and just remind me over and over and over again of the love of Christ for me and what he's done for me. Right. And then love me like Christ said to love everybody. Right. Like I, I, I don't find many churches where, the the relationships between people within the church look like what I think Christ would want it to look like, like sacrificial love for one another, where like you're accepted no matter what. Because how many places do you go? Like if you were in church, you're, you're, you're a pastor. Could you confess your sin in front of your, your congregation and keep your job? Show up on a Saturday night, you'll hear it. <laughs> well, well, I hope so, I hope so, right? Because because so many places yeah. you can't. Yeah. If you're a pa- if you're on staff and you admit a failure, you are going to lose your job, and you're going to be removed from leadership. Yeah. And there yeah. may or may not be a, a path to restoration. 
involved in that. So what do you do? You fake it and you yeah. don't tell anybody and people think they got to be perfect. And you know, that you get all this sort of, you know, divisiveness of like, okay, well, I guess I'm on the JV team and the full-time ministry people are the varsity and I could never do that because I'm not perfect yeah. like them. Yeah. You know, I, I struggle. So just, you know, sing songs about Jesus, not about me. Like, I don't want to, I don't even go in there and like, you know, sing about myself and how I feel and, oh God, please make me feel good. No, it's like, let me sing about you and your worthiness and what you're all about. Preach to me, Jesus, and teach my kids about Jesus and don't just play games with them. You know, when my kids walk out of children's ministry, I want them to have a verse or something that they learned that morning. I ask my kids all the time, like, well, what'd you learn today? Nothing. We just played a game. I'm like, cool. Like there was like no object. I'm a teacher. I'm like, what's your objective? Like what, like what's the one or two things you want the kids to walk away with when they leave there? I want my kids to feel loved and accepted. And I want them to be learning about Jesus. Like how hard is it to find a church that just preaches the Bible, <laughs> preaches Jesus? Like, like I don't feel like I'm asking a lot, but I'm not finding it. Oh. And that's disappointing to me. I'm, 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 it makes me sad. And of course, it's got to be in my community within a 15 minute drive of my house. So it's convenient, <laughs> right? And like, like got to be all, done by noon. No, 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 and and in, in, in a worship style that I enjoy, preferably not hymns, unless they're hymns done in a more modern style. Um, and then only do like the chorus because the other stuff is just too deep theologically. I don't know if I can handle it. You know, yeah. I, I, I like I, I'm, I'm questioning what, how to respond for a couple of reasons, wanting to express humility. Um, maybe you don't express humility. Maybe that's better. Just keep your mouth shut. But um, our experience in, in what you said, like I've been parts of pastoral groups where mm -hmm. we've had the same conversation. It drives me absolutely mad because I'm like, how are uh, my role as pastor, the way I view it biblically as Jesus is, it's not hierarchical heart. Hi, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <clears throat> hierarchical. Like, anyway, um, <laughs> there's no hierarchy. There's no, yeah, yeah. Thank you. There's no, it's not a power. It's how can I love and serve people and right. point people to Jesus? And Eat I, my sheep. and Eat I think that sheep. that comes in, in all honesty, I think that comes in simplicity more than complexity. I think, which is what we've tried to do to, to make everybody, quote unquote, feel like there's something for them, the seeker deal. Um, but how, how, how can I not love and serve people in pointing them to Jesus if I'm not expressing the same, I'm no different than anybody else. Like here are my faults and failures. How do we, if we're expecting other people to confess our sins to one another and seek forgiveness and the grace of Jesus, how are we not leading out in that? I'm not loving and serving if I'm not leading out in living this life that we believe we're called to live. And I think we've just, we've made it very um, gifted communicators. Mm. Um, and it, it, praise God for the gifts that he's given his, his people. I'm not saying that, yeah. but, but the, the intellectual setting and listening to a lecture as opposed to an encouragement to the heart of remember, just like you said, remember 
that there's grace. Remember who Jesus is, what he's done for you. He's worthy. Now go and let's all do this together. Yeah. Um, what was it? Was it was it Mark Twain who said, um, it's not the parts of the Bible I don't understand that bother me. It's the parts that I do understand. Right. right? Yeah. It's, like, it's like, I already know enough. Yeah. Right. Like, like in America, we have so much information. Yes. Right, right. Right. We have access, like I said, to some of the best teachers. Sure. We have more just with Google alone, you, like, right. you can learn more than a seminary degree just by going online and, and finding good resources and stuff. And so we know about Jesus, but we don't right. know Jesus, right? And and it's again because we live in America. So there there's if you're gonna build a church. You think, okay, well, I'm building an organization, so yeah. I need to use my business principles to build an organization because I got to pay the bills, yeah. and I got to make sure that the building stays open, and you know that we're able to do stuff. And like, I get like to a certain point, you have to do all those things. So there are pressures on pastors as leaders of organizations that um, that are real and legit. But then, as Americans, we're used to being consumers. Right. As individualists, it's about me. It's about what I want. It's about, you know, you know, how much can I consume? Right. And even just the way we measure GDP and whether the economy is going well, is all about, okay, consumption, consumption. The the whole goal is for you to consume more next year than you did last year. So we're going to produce all this stuff. And And that means you're doing better. And that means we're doing better by definition. (laughs) Then we're doing good. We're growing. Right. And so we think if we're just consuming all this stuff that we're growing in Christ and we're distracted so that we're not just sitting in the stillness and praying and talking to Jesus. So we're not really getting to know. So so my, my, my greatest fear is that, you know, that verse in the Bible says like, you you call me Lord, but I don't even know you know who you are. It's like, wow. Like I don't, I don't want to get to that point. I want to, I want to hear good and faithful servant. I don't want to hear get away from me. I don't even know you. Right. Yeah. There's this thing I've been, I, 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 it's funny. I, I wanted to bring it up at some point uh, in this, you know, in our in our conversations, but I wasn't ready to bring it up yet because I don't, I don't, I'm not even close to figuring out even what I believe about it. But this thing I've been journaling about, a friend of mine said something not that long ago, and it really like confronted me and what I think. We should have a way for churches to die. Well, yeah, they, they, they that, are. They're dying. Like no, hundreds no, no, okay. of them are dying every year. I, no, I don't mean like that. I don't mean because everyone's, everyone, you know. Because people are leaving. Yeah. No, I don't mean because of that. But I mean every five, ten years, you know, when a, when a church has accomplished the mission that it was set out to start to do. Okay. Hey, we're done. We're done. What, but what, but what would that look like? What would, well, that's, that's, how, how would you, like, yeah, what is the know. mission then? And how do you well, know you've accomplished it? Well, I think, I think each church, each church starts off with their own mission, right? It's, Hey, we're going to, we're going to reach, uh, downtown people, Fort Wayne under the bridge. We're going to, we're going to minister to this group of people. We're, this is what we feel God's called us to do. So is Five, it realistic ten, to expect that? you're going to convert 100% of the people no. then in that area that you're going to have no, to serve. I, and, I, and I don't, yeah, so, I don't so, mean, so I, yeah. I don't think that you ever get to a point where the mission ever ends. Uh, yeah. But maybe, maybe the, the church does. Maybe it's, I, I think there's a difference. Like, like, I think there's failures to accomplish the mission sure. and therefore it should be shut down to free up resources to go to places that are actually doing what about that. Stuff. Yeah. I think that's okay um, too. That, that's, that's why I said, I'm, I'm an economist. So it always said, comes back to, I was like, that's why businesses fail, yeah. right? They should fail. Profits and losses are important in our economy. Profits say, Hey, you're doing something good. We're willing to pay you to keep doing it. If you're losing money, it's because you're wasting scarce resources, producing something people don't want. So mm. if you're losing money, you go out of business, all your 
your workers are free now to go work somewhere else. All the the building you were in is now free to somebody else to do something else I, and that the, you want to do. What, the churches that, don't do that. I think this has a lot to, also to do with how you are we defining church. Okay. If it's an organization, right. I agree with you. Yes. If it's the way we're trying to structure things here, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about the organization, the, the gather to scatter, like yeah. we were talking, like that. Uh, the, the mission is never accomplished because John goes home with his family and his neighbors and his workplace, you know, people that he is involved with and you do the same. Yeah. And we come back to gather on Saturday to worship the Lord and tell him how worthy minister to the Lord and to be refilled and equipped and, and encouraged and build up to go out and to do it again. Yeah. There's not a, Hey, we're going to go to, we as a, an organization are going to minister to the people under the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe that wasn't a fair, you know, th- no, but, I understand but, the concept, but, no, but to say like, Hey, this organization, let's close it down, scatter in your community, start new churches. Mm-hmm. Among you know in your living rooms and yeah. and grow those and maybe in five ten years those shut down and you and you said never went out in the community and you do it again and I don't know I don't know which I don't have it all figured out I'm not but which again I, I think is a, that's what the church is to be yeah because if it's not if it's yeah. less organizational if it's less come here it, all the re- all everything happens in this building then you're really describing what I contend churches should yeah should no, well, well the church you're, you're, the yeah. church by yeah. definition is the body of christ Correct. right it's anyone who claims to be a follower of jesus right and so the organization is just supposed to support like, like the organization is actually the parachurch ministry mm. <laughs> right they're the yes. ones who are supporting the actual ministry that the individual believer is supposed to be doing on a day-to-day basis so yeah teach me yeah. about jesus Help me know who he is. Help me to, you know, understand him because the more I understand, the more I'm going to fall in love with him. Yeah. Right. And, and then I'm going to go out and share that love with others. Instead of this feed our business, feed our organization. Right. So Let that, me write another so book. That we so can continue can, yeah. to be this big my, organization. My yeah. Christianity yes. is when I am inside of these walls. Yeah. yeah. Which I think is a lot because Right. It, because it feels good to me. I'm getting, I'm getting served mm-hmm. here. I'm getting loved. I feel good when I'm in these walls, but man, for me to talk about Jesus outside of mm-hmm. here for me, for my, f- my time with him, my passion and my desire for Jesus and for the love of others around me. And I think if we look at it, Western Christianity, American Christianity, that's why we see all these, Oh, I'm going to push the, I'm going to (laughs) push the boundary Christians air quotes that don't seem to be loving the way that Jesus expressed that we should be loving others Mm -hmm. because I feel good because Mm -hmm. I've got this title attached to me and I go to church on the weekend, but I tear down people and it seemed very angry and bitter and unloving towards others. Yeah. Well, in the moment, then the moment I don't feel that when I come to church, yeah. then I'll just go seek something. I'll yeah. seek it somewhere Ooh, else. Right. 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 Cause there's the church and Jesus, it's just one of many ways to get to God. And I could go, <laughs> I'll find I, could another go organization. I could go anywhere. I'll find another organization yeah. that makes me feel good about yeah. myself yeah. and, you know, makes me feel accepted and like I belong or whatever. Uh, and I'll go there. Mm. Yeah. And, and I, I scary. It, Taking it's scary and taking this from probably a, a little bit more negative point of view to like the the ability and the joy that comes from pursuing 
what we're all talking about. Like, let's right. let's go and let's be and let's encourage and let's love each other. Right, because it's not meant to be this moralistic, therapeutic deism. Yeah. Right, 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 right. That, unfortunately, right. so many people, that's what they think it is. And that's why I think the organizations are failing because, again, we're not teaching the right stuff or we're not showing them that that's not it. Yeah. It's not about just being a moral person and following all the rules and, you know, it's or God's, God's going to smite self. you or whatever. Yeah. And it's not about, you know, making you feel good. And it's not just about like some, you know, absentee God who's kind of out there, mm. whatever. No, it's about a God who's outside of our existence, outside of our universe, outside of time, who created everything. And then he miraculously chooses to reach into it and touch our hearts and chooses us yeah. to come and follow him and to, to pour out his love on us as in because he loves us, right? Like I love him because he first loved yes. me, right? Like I was dead, yeah. right? I, I did not Enemies. choose Enemies. to follow him, right? Like, like, like when, when Lazarus was dead, he didn't choose to get up and follow God, you know, Christ, Christ called him out and Christ raised him from the dead and brought him to life. And that's, that's what J Jesus offers to all of us is, Hey, you're spiritually dead. Mm. The life you're living leads to death. The devil is just going to take you down this road and, and destroy you. And, and, and I, I hate to even say that because I'd be like, Ooh, the devil made me do it. It's like, no, like, like, like <laughs> there is evil it is real. It yeah. is in the world. And yeah, it's not gonna be like Satan himself shows up, but like he's got demons everywhere. He's got like spirits out there who are trying to drag people down. And Jesus says, no, 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 there's, there's a better way. Yeah. Right. And I loved you enough to make a way so that you can go back to that garden of Eden, right. Where God is walking alongside us in relationship with him in a perfect world where there is no sin, there is no death, there is no tears, there is no pain, right? Like that's, that's where we're going. Yeah. We're not going to heaven. We're going to the new earth, right? Like heaven's the sort of intermediate state, right? Like, yeah, you die, you go to heaven. It's not like sitting on a cloud playing a ukulele or <laughs> what? whatever or the you know, you're doing. What did I sign yeah, up for? <laughs> because yeah, because like, like, like that kind of vision, when, yeah, I hear, yeah. when I hear that, I'm just like, oh my God, I'm bored to tears. Like, no, I don't want to do that. You know, whatever. I'd rather do other stuff. Um, but when Jesus comes back, heaven and earth are coming together in a new creation where everything is perfect and he's going to be there with us, right? And we're not going to have all of these feelings of angst and disgust mm -hmm. of ourselves. You know, like we feel we're, we're, we're made clean by the blood of Christ, which again, sounds like an exorcism movie or something, but it's, it's his death, right? This is why I love, I love communion. I love communion. His body broken for us. I like, here's, here's a symbol to remind us the anger, the wrath of God was poured out on Christ. So any negative feeling you think God has towards you and your sin is not even there. It's right. on Christ and his blood was poured out for us. His sacrifice, his death covers the death that we deserve as the wages of our sin. So that when we go out and live our life, we can live it in the light of the fact that I don't have to be perfect because Christ was perfect for me. I don't have to worry 
about death because Jesus died for me. I can just live my life pursuing him, dying to myself, trying to follow him, trying to be more like him through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because when I try to do it, is is kind of this interesting idea, right? Like if I'm just doing it on my own, I'm going to fail. Yeah. But when I do it in light of the Holy Spirit, knowing that he's going to like, like our first step is empowered by him. Like as we do it, he empowers us. So the reason why we don't see the Holy Spirit, I think working the way we did in Acts is because we're not doing mm. this stuff. Like we're not following him in the same way. Right. The, the, the times when I've experienced the Holy Spirit the most are when I'm actually ministering to people, mm-hmm. when I'm preaching, mm-hmm. when I'm sharing the gospel. Like, like that's the whole point, right? The whole point of the Holy Spirit is to point us to Jesus, not to mm-hmm. make me feel good. Right, right. Get, Give me know, the heebie-jeebies. The, the, the health and yeah. wealth gospel or whatever. Like, oh, if you just love Jesus enough, he'll make you a millionaire or whatever. Like, no, 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 no. Like, that the things we see in the, in the scripture, when the miracle shows up, the people give their life to Christ. It's for them to bring them to him. Mm-hmm. And so if we want to see the spirit moving, we've got to be obedient. We've got to be out sharing Christ. We've got to be doing that because that's what the spirit is for. That's what he's going to do. Well, John, I know we just met, but watching or listening, I should say you're too, the way that you describe the power of Jesus in your life and taking you from looking for, uh, you know, a magic trick from God to him, like you said, reaching down on a mountaintop to touch your heart. And then everything that he's continued to bring you through since then is, is, is a powerful story. I really appreciate meeting you, getting to know your story and you being here and sharing with us today. Yeah. And I'd say we we figured out church here on this podcast. Yeah. Let's we've problem, problem solved. So we yeah. figured it all out. Yeah. We figured out See and, Saturday nights. At so six. world, <laughs> you're, you're you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> no, super grateful uh spending some time yeah, with thanks. us and uh yeah. Yeah. yeah Sorry, it was good it was to a little, s- little long but nope. yeah, appreciate no, it. No, it was great, great. and uh, yeah, good good to see you as always and Absolutely. I'm sure that was a huge encouragement. Yeah. Um to listeners and yeah god will meet us yeah we'll, we'll, we'll do it again sometime sounds good all right bye peace <laughs>